Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode of our Truth Tidbits. And I want to look at today at First Peter. Again, I want to turn back to that. Um, I'm still kind of stuck in there, and, and I don't think we've completed everything we need to be in there yet. And it may be that we go through the whole book. Who knows? We shall see what the Lord has in mind. But I want to be in there today, and I'm just continuing slowly but surely reading little passages and seeing what the Lord might say to us. And so I ask his blessings on the reading of his word today and that he will speak and feed us from his table. Praise be to God. So I want to talk today on this topic, living before a watching world. And I'm going to read First Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. We've talked a good bit in the last few lessons about the first part of First Peter 2 and several lessons we've devoted to that and then the last couple of lessons to verse 11. Today I want to move into verse 12 and I want to really hone in on something that I feel might be on the heart of the Lord today for us to understand and for us to take heart in and listen to. And so in First Peter chapter 2, Verse 11, it says this, Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. And we've talked about that in the last couple of episodes. But then going on in verse 12, it says this, Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. It's interesting because I'd never really seen this verse like I saw it this morning and this afternoon. I've I've read this many times, but something really jumped out at me today when I was reading that. And I want to read it again. It says, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers. Now, in the past, I've always basically read it that, you know, because your your good works will testify otherwise, they don't have any way to, to say anything evil of you, and it kind of shuts them up. And Peter does go on and speak about that later in this very chapter. But here I had never really noticed before that it says this, when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, Glorify God in the day of visitation. That really jumped out at me. And I want to talk about that. Because what I believe he's saying here is that when we live our lifestyle in honor and beauty to the Lord, glorifying God, it points people, even those that Oppose, that are opposed to us, even those that initially are trying to fr find dirt on us or, or bring us down and accuse us of this, that, or the other. Yet when they watch us and they see godliness in our lifestyle and they see beauty from the Lord in our lifestyle and they see goodness and moral, morally uh, noble character and godly things that are excellent and praiseworthy, then that alone may be used by God 
to draw them to the Lord because he is not willing that any should perish. So even to those that are seemingly opposed to us, maybe they are, maybe they're not. And it doesn't say that they will all turn to the Lord, but it does say that they may by the good works that they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, in the day when the Lord is, is reaching out to them to draw them. How do you know that our very lifestyle of living a life of honor before a watching world is not something in itself that God can use to draw other people to know Jesus Christ. You know, someone came up with a saying, and I don't know who the author is. It's unknown to me, but there's there's an author somewhere, and I may not even quote it correctly, that says something like this. We're to go in, I know this isn't exactly it, but we're to go into the world and preach the gospel. And then he says, he adds to it, and sometimes you know, sometimes use words or whatever. Now, I don't believe that's exactly entirely true because we do need to be speaking it forth and sharing the love of Jesus in our conversation, in our actual speech and words. But the point he's getting at, the point of that is that it should be evident in our lifestyle. What we're preaching, we should be walking. What we're saying, we should be doing. And people should be able to see that in reality, in our life. And so when you have, this is telling us that there may be those that are trying to find some dirt on you, some skeleton in your closet, some form of, of behavior in your life that they can then accuse you of and, and put down and dishonor the name of Jesus. Because see, that's what we've lost the understanding of is that our lifestyle is to bring honor to Jesus because everything we say and do should point people to Jesus. Now, that seems to be a very high mark and a very high standard, and none of us, none of us can live up to that completely. I can't. I know I can't. I'm just as aware of my own faults and failures as anyone is, and I am not perfect. But we should be striving for that, and we should be allowing the Lord to work in us. We should be quick to repent. That's one of the blessed things about King David, is that we see in King David, he was a man after God's own heart. And it took him a while after um, after his sin with Bathsheba. He kind of hardened his heart there and didn't want to listen to the Lord. And the Lord finally said, Nathan, go tell him. You know, so Nathan goes to him and tells him the story and all of that. And then we have his beautiful work of repentance, an awesome work for anyone to read, and even a great prayer model to follow for repentance is found in Psalm 51. But the one thing about David is even when he cut off the corner of Saul's robe because he feared the Lord, it cut his heart right away. His heart smote him, the Bible says. And so he was quick to repent of that thing before the Lord. He was sensitive to the Spirit of God. That's all God asks of us. He doesn't ask of us to be perfect, but he does ask of us to be humble and to be quick to repent, be sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit and appreciate that so that he can, he can, <coughs> excuse me, 
so that he can use us even to those who stand in opposition to us as they observe us trying to catch us in something that will dishonor the Lord. It may even be so honorable that it draws them to the Lord himself. So I want to talk a little bit more about this. I know I've rambled on a little bit, and I appreciate your your paying attention to that. I hope that I have said something that blesses you. I just want to spend a few more moments, and then I want to end up with just a few scriptures, and then we're almost done. When it says here, Peter is encouraging us here to have as our habit, our custom, our lifestyle regularly, He says holding and possessing. That tells us that we're not to let this go. We're to be diligent and faithful in this daily. We're to be continually holding on, possessing and and exhibiting this lifestyle as our regular habit pattern, as our regular lifestyle, honorable conduct in the world. Everywhere we go, he says, among the Gentiles or among the peoples, among the nations, among everybody that we are around. It's speaking of our manner of life, our lifestyle, our behavior. It's interesting because the root word of it means to busy oneself with. So in other words, your daily lifestyle, what you are regularly, continually doing and how you are regularly and continually living And he says it should be honorable, beautiful, good, valuable, valuable for heavenly purposes, honest, worthy, admirable, commendable, excellent in its nature and characteristics, genuine, not something that's fake or masked in the sense of hypocrisy. No, not at all. Something that is truly praiseworthy, coming from a pure and sincere heart, morally good and noble, that which is worthy of honor and admiration, respect, something that is desirable, that would be a worthy role model for someone who was watching on. Because the truth of the matter is we are being watched, especially As a Christian, people know us, whether you're in school, whether you're uh, at work, in your family, in your neighborhood, whatever it is, you you should be known as a Christian just by the very fact that your lifestyle is honoring to Christ and that you do certain things and don't do certain things that maybe the rest of them do or don't do. And so you're you're sticking out, so to speak, and that should be because there's supposed to be a distinguish and a difference. Not so that we can be judgmental or critical of other people, but God wants it to be something that will draw them. God wants it to be something that will be so beautiful they will want it. And they'll come and they'll say, why are you so peaceful? Why are you so joyous all the time, no matter what's going on in your life? What have you got that I don't have? I want it. Tell me about this person you love so much that has changed your life. See, it's designed to draw them to him. And even in this verse, I'd never seen this before today, that God wants it to draw them even 
to draw those that, that are seeking to accuse you of something and, and are spiteful towards you or whatever, God still wants to reach them. You see, he's still going after them. And there's a day of visitation for them. And it could be that God is raising you up in that person's life in some form or fashion so that your godly lifestyle, your normal habits of, of good, virtuous living, excellent living, noble living, praiseworthy living will draw them to himself. And they could come and ask about this Jesus and you would have an open door. We are to live this way wherever we are and whoever we are around so that it can even have a good and eternally valuable effect on those who are watching us, maybe even drawing them to the Lord himself. I want to close now by reading just a few short scriptures to you. First of all, Matthew 5.16 And many people know this scripture very well, but I'm going to read it. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Sounds just like what Peter said. And glorify your father in heaven. You see, that's the design. God puts something in us. He gives us a love for him. He gives us a passion for him. He gives us a heart that is sincere toward him. And he gives us his word that instructs us in how we're to live. And he uses that then and shines through us the beauty of himself to those who are watching us so that when they see it, They will glorify the God who gave it to us in the first place. Not us. It is not designed to draw people to us. It's designed to point people to him. That is our goal as Christians is to point other people to Jesus Christ. That is what we are called to do. And so we do that by serving him, by shining his light, by investing in other people. That's what Matthew 6, verse 19 through 21 talks about. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The way that we invest treasures in heaven is by investing in people and in the souls of men and women and boys and girls. Because that's what's going to transfer from earth to heaven are the souls of people that we can reach by pointing them to Jesus Christ. And so we are encouraged in the scriptures to be an example to them to shine the love of Jesus, to shine the light of the glorious gospel to them through our very lifestyle, that it may draw them, that they may see our works that they are observing and glorify God in heaven in the day of their visitation. In other words, in the day when the Lord is trying to use us to draw them to himself so that they too can be saved. And then I want to lastly close with this final verse. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says this, 
Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Sounds similar to what Peter's talking about here. You see, we have the, the beautiful, sweet fragrance. We have the light of God, but we also have a sweet fragrance and aroma of his love to diffuse to people. And through that, it can draw people to him. And he says, in every place, just like Peter was talking about, among the Gentiles, wherever you are, in your family, in your workplace, neighborhood, whatever it may be. May God find us doing this. May he help us and empower us and enable us to be more cautious about our very lifestyle so that we are so in love with him and, and our lifestyle is so honorable to him. It will bring glory to his name and draw people to him, even if they wanted to come against us when they started out. Oh, what a beautiful thing that would be. I pray that this has been a blessing to you today. And Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of Truth Tidbits. God bless you in Jesus' name.